Where you be headed, John? inquired Captain Blackheart. I'm trying to find my way back to the carousel, sir, replied John as he looked up at the captain. The captain had the greenest eyes John had ever seen, almost the emerald color of the Caribbean waters. He was holding John's two quarters in his left hand and picked one up with his right hand. At that moment, John's eyes fell upon the ring on the captain's right hand. The large black stone in the ring held his attention. A sly smile came across Blackheart's face as he stopped the motion of his hand so John could look into the stone in his ring. "'Ever seen a black opal before, lad?' asked the captain. "'No,' replied John as he gazed down into the black and green stone. There were so many colors of green, just like the sea, and deeper in the center of the black opal were many flecks of brilliant aqua, emerald green, turquoise, pink, and even crimson. John was mesmerized. "'It it looks like a, a city in the middle of the sea,' said John mistily. "'Atlantis?' Blackheart remarked. "'No one knows where the lost city Atlantis is, or if there ever was one,' John said flatly, breaking the spell. He looked up at the captain, who was smiling broadly. "'No?' questioned the captain with a sly grin, as he raised an eyebrow and looked straight into John's eyes. He gave John's two quarters a final toss, caught them, and handed them back to John. (laughs) "'Perhaps you are right,' Blackheart laughed, and then very smoothly he said, "'Or perhaps, John, it hides beneath the sea only to resurface slightly when the tides are right.' Then his smile faded, and he abruptly changed the subject. "'At any rate, where did you say you were going?' "'And what is the carousel?' "'It's our ship,' John replied as he bit into the second mango, the juice still dripping from his hand. He was struggling now to keep the juice from his clothes. Blackheart grinned. "'My grandmother is waiting there for me. I wandered away and couldn't find my way back. I wasn't scared, though,' John fibbed. The captain grinned knowingly. The captain turned a corner and they were now walking toward the docks. The closer they got to the harbor, the more putrid the smell became. It was a mix of stale fried food, vomit, trash, and rotting fish. A seagull flew over, dropping a large deposit of poop, which barely missed John. It splattered on the street right next to him and onto his shoe. He wiped his foot on the back of his other leg, smearing the smelly poop on his white stocking. The captain grinned again. As they passed a peddler, the captain grabbed a towel from his cart and handed it to John, who struggled to no avail to rid himself of mango juice and poop. There were lots of taverns like the Cat and Fiddle and lots of drunken sailors. Many of them would glare or sneer at John, some even taking a step or two toward him. But when Blackheart turned his attention toward them, they acted agitated and backed away. John was glad the captain had befriended him, and turned to look at him. That's when he noticed for the first time the two pistols that rested under Blackheart's unbuttoned coat, one in the holster of a sling that went across Blackheart's chest. The captain's blue coat quietly hid the other pistol, a flintlock with two hammers, which was tucked into his black waistband. John had seen flintlocks at antique gun shows with Pappy. 
"'What be your ship's colors, lad?' asked Blackheart as he gazed down the piers toward all the ships docked there. "'Silver,' replied John. "'It's not the kind of ship like you think, sir. It's not here at the pier, you see—' "'Silver, eh?' The captain cut John off mid-sentence, thinking, "'A ship adorned with silver? It would be a grand ship, that's for sure.' and not anchored here for the likes of Port Royal to witness? It's a reasonable plan. They might hide such a ship in a cove near the forest, or mayhap the boy's lying. I plan to learn the truth of this matter. The prospect of holding the boy for ransom is looking more promising by the minute.